1: If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10.
0: Welcome guys to another episode of the Strut Report. Appreciate y'all tuning in for this week's episode and we have a great lineup for y'all this week. But before we get into that, I'd like to say that this week's episode is going to be brought to you by Onyx Maps. And I know you guys, you've heard us talk about Onyx in the past. And it's a public private land mapping system that allows you to access these land maps on your phone with excellent overlay maps of aerial and topography and it's really helped us out when it comes to scouting and hunting you know, anywhere from Alabama to any other state across the country. And again, as y'all will hear in a later episode, you'll hear how it's really helped us out, especially when we're in Wyoming uh, hunting mule deer out there. But guys, let's get right back into this episode. So, on this week, we're gonna be covering the states all the way from North Carolina out to Texas and Kansas. We have a great opportunity with a bunch of different individuals that we've talked to that is really going to give you an open aspect, an open mindset of what's really going on in those parts of the country. Uh, Some places right now are super hot from what it seems like, and some places are starting to die down a little bit. Again, you're going to learn from what these guys are really doing and what's really helped them out so far this season. But again, guys, with all that being said, let's get right into this week's episode. All right, guys, and on the line first, Hunter Staples from Kentucky. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm right, doing excellent, man. Again, I appreciate your time and coming on uh, for us for this episode, man. Um, but let's get right into this interview. So, you know, what's the region uh, of Kentucky you actually live in and also what region of the state that you actually hunt in as well?
2: Um, I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, I pretty much hunt um, pretty much around Owensboro out in the county. Um, for those that are not familiar with Owensboro, I think it's probably the third or fourth largest city in Kentucky. But anyway, it's in the western part of Kentucky, right on the Ohio River. Um, it's about an hour south of Evansville, Indiana, and probably about an hour north of Bowling Green, Kentucky.
0: All right, perfect, man. Now, you know, I know y'all season's opening this weekend for, uh, you know, the whole state for the most part. Now, you know, what is uh, some of the activity you've been doing and seeing so far in this preseason scouting and how's your scouting gone so far this season?
2: Um, so far for me, um, I'm, I've been seeing a lot of birds. Um, probably this year, probably been better than the last couple of years for sure. Um. I, I don't know if we've had some good hatches or, or what, but I'm um, definitely seeing a lot of good birds. Um, a lot of birds. Um, I would say, in my honest opinion, I would say probably uh, 80 probably maybe even 90% of the birds are still pretty well locked up right now.
0: Okay, now. Uh, you know, well, with your area that you're hunting and everything you know you're definitely seeing birds still flocked up you know has uh with your preseason scouting or you know are the birds at all being any you know being vocal at all right now are they still kind of you know hush-lipped or are they starting to get a little more uh... oh they're uh,
2: every every morning that i've been out they've been tearing it up
0: awesome perfect. Um,
2: been, been very vocal um over the weekend we had a pretty good youth weekend um the hens were very vocal um I mean, birds were gobbling early on the roost, um, gobbling on the ground. And,
0: I mean, they're and,
2: just doing their thing, just waiting for them to
0: boost up a little bit. Oh, yeah, and that was in the snow, too. So that's impressive if you're hearing birds like that, especially when it's snowing like it was. uh again, uh-huh. that, Yeah, that so that, definitely, I
2: mean. Uh, definitely something special. Um, not really used to <laughs> hunting in the snow, but uh, I think it was like 28 degrees and there's, I don't know, maybe an inch, probably not even an inch, just a good dusting on the ground, but, yeah, definitely not what we're accustomed to here.
0: Oh, yeah, now, you know, so do you think the temperature at all has been affecting the birds, or not so much lately?
2: Um, from what I'm seeing this year, no, not really, and I'm not a big believer, I mean, yeah, I think, I think weather changes, and barometric pressure, and, And I think drastic weather changes definitely affects the birds and how they, you know, gobble and and so so forth. But um, as far as this year, I mean, they seem to be doing their thing.
0: Okay. Now kind of, you know, wrap up on this episode or this uh, interview, you know, what's something that a tip that you'd leave for our listeners that maybe something you do year in, year out has really helped you out, you know, be successful, you know, killing some birds that maybe our listeners can try out this season to really help them out.
2: Um well, that's a tough question. I mean there's there's a lot of different things you can do, but I would say probably one of the biggest things in my opinion uh, would probably have to be patience and being being where the birds want to be. In my opinion, that's probably the the biggest two things that you could do. I mean definitely, I mean, you got to be where the birds want to be and and be patient. I mean, that's all there is to it
0: in my opinion. And I totally agree with you again. Again, guys, you know, that's kind of my weakness right now is my patience. Uh, I have very short patience when I turkey hunt, you know, and that's horrible. That's one of the reasons why I've not been so successful. But that's one of the reasons, like, Hunter, we have you on and all these other uh, great guys is to get their aspect on, you know, what's been helping them out and what we can all try and, you know, be able to be more effective in the turkey woods. But once again, Hunter, man, I really do appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, I hope you have an awesome opening weekend. hope it goes real good for you. I hope you all don't have any snow. But uh, we'll stay in touch, man, and, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on today.
2: All right, sir. I appreciate
0: you having me. All right, guys. And next on the line, I have Jamie Puckett from Mississippi. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. How y'all doing? Uh, Doing good, man. Again, I appreciate your time coming on. I know you're on duty right now uh, getting it done. Uh, Appreciate your service, uh, you know, being a state trooper and everything. Appreciate what you do. But kind of get back into this interview real quick, man. Uh, You know, give us a little uh, recap of uh, what part of the state and region you actually live in and what region you hunt in as well. I live
3: uh, about 40 miles south of Jackson And, and I, I hunt mostly the central, central area Every now and then I go up and hunt around
0: Vicksburg Around the river But it has been a lot of water up there So I haven't even been up there this year Okay, perfect Now, you know Give us maybe a little recap Of how your season's going so far I know, you know Y'all season's been open Since March 15th And, you know Kind of, you know What's the recap so far? It's been pretty It's been It's, it, it's been a different
3: season You know It's been good and bad uh, You know We've heard a lot of gobbling from a couple of birds and one of them we killed and some of the other ones are just gobbling very little uh maybe two or two or or three times on the roost and then maybe one time on the ground and and that's it uh it's you know i i I think the weather you know it's we've had cold front then we were hot
0: and then it'll get you know a lot of rain and i I think it's kind of messing with them some okay now i guess you know some of that activity that you've been seeing it's been kind of you know sporadic is that kind of the case or is it kind of dwindling off or what's the activity you're really seeing so far yeah actually uh this morning
3: uh i roosted a bird yesterday evening and went in there this morning and uh he, he flew down with four hens and and then had four jakes and another long beard come in and, and of course he he was following the the, the, the dominant bird was the
0: Oh, perfect yeah peak
3: of the season i think right now it's
0: here okay now uh also when does y'all season actually end
3: ends may the first
0: oh wow that's very impressive okay well you know with that kind of being said and everything we've talked about so far you know are you thinking the temperature and the pressure has been affecting the birds within this last week at all i think so because you know it got really cold uh
3: got down into the heck it got down into the 35 this week and uh you know and, in the 70s last week had a pretty good pretty good storm last week actually we had 20 of about four miles from my house and I, I, I think the weather's played a factor which we had a lot of warm weather here in february which was unusual in the 70s and uh you know i think it threw them off a little bit but, but that but they're doing their thing though you know I, according to our in our facebook page still a lot of activity going on people killing a lot of turkey
0: too okay well perfect now you know kind of the uh in this right here, on a good note, you know, what's a tip that you would leave for one of our listeners, or you know, most of our listeners, that maybe something that you've tried or you've done in the past that really has helped you throughout the season, you know, be successful, something that someone can try out uh, or you know, be able to uh, use during their season to help them be successful. I tell people this all the time. The most, the
3: most, best tip that I can give on killing turkeys is have patience. A lot of times, you know, you'll be on a turkey and he'll be gobbling and stuff. You call to him, he gobbles, and then all, and then he quits. Most, you know, I'm going to say probably 75% of the time when he quits gobbling, he's making his way to you. And what happens is a lot of people get up and uh, move and end up spooking the bird and he sees you before you see him and he's gone,
0: you know. Don't overcall and patience. Patience kills turkey. And I can't agree with you anymore. But once again, uh, once again, uh Jamie again I appreciate you coming on man and again making time for us this evening and I hope you have a awesome rest of your season you got a little bit more left and I know you got you know hopefully a, a tag or two left you can uh, be able to tag out this season and have a great rest of your year but again I appreciate you man and uh, thank you for coming on you're welcome y'all have a blessed one all right guys and next on the line I have Joe Ham, and Joe's going to be actually reporting from us from Texas now Joe how you doing I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I appreciate you coming on this evening. I know you're out there on a hunt right now. But, uh, you know, give us a little bit of region, also where you're from in the country, and then also the region of Texas you're actually hunting in right now. Uh,
4: I live in Alabama, in Helena, Alabama. Uh, our, our call company, Hunter's Diction, Coastal Calls, we're out of Talladega, Alabama. They're awesome, right there in Talladega. And I'm hunting in North Texas, up in the Panhandle up in
0: the wide open country. All right, perfect. Now, you know, I know it seems like y'all have been having a pretty good season so far out there in Texas. Uh, seems like y'all are putting down the birds, but, you know, how's y'all season progressed so far out there, and, you know, what's some of the activity you're seeing? Well, we, we've done
4: really well for for the conditions. Uh, the birds are – it's been cool. Morning's real, real cold. and in the 30s, one morning it was in the 20s. Uh, birds are hand up real bad they're not they're not gobbling uh as they hit the ground hardly none but uh we've been able to my first group limited out my second group they've got they've all got a bird piece and so they've got another day another day to hunt so for the conditions we've done we've done pretty well
0: all right well perfect now you know with that all being said you know what some of the uh are you seeing any differences in some of the mornings or anything with the temperature is the temperature affecting the birds at all or uh, is that kind of not affecting them at the moment I, I feel
4: like it is I feel like I feel like at least these cool moons they're not they're gobbling on the roost um, probably five or six times on the roost and sometimes maybe ten and then and then they're, they hit the ground and when they hit the ground uh, they're hitting the ground with hens or they're roosting with hens and they're roosting right through with them and they don't after they hit the ground they don't say a word. But I don't know if the I don't know if the temperature has really got a lot to do with it, but uh it they are not gobbling as strong as I've seen seen them gobble in the past years. They're, they're not gobbling much at all.
0: Okay. Now
4: now now we have been getting some birds fired up gobbling in the afternoons after it warms up and we we just
0: or five words and the get, you know, accurate So that, I think it, the temperature may be do a little bit All right. Well, you know, kind of uh, to finish this off, you know, what's a tip or something that you would, uh, you know, give to our listeners that, you know, something you do year in year out that maybe helps you be successful that, you know, they could try out and even myself could try out to really try to help us, you know, be successful this season?
4: Well, the main thing is a lot of people want to go out and and hunt them, and when they hit the ground and shut up, they want to stay there an hour and go back to the camp and say they can't kill them. And we we've, we've been hunting them till eleven, eleven thirty, running back in and getting a bite eat, and getting back out at two o'clock. And we've been we have been getting birds fired up at ten o'clock, killing them eleven o'clock, three o'clock. I mean, I, the the big bird that I killed, I killed it at three thirty. I mean it's in the afternoon and called in uh, seven hens, and he was with the hens. And like I say, uh the main thing is, you, right now these birds with these hens, you can't get real aggressive with them. You just gotta kinda keep, you know, I got in a little, a little chat and match with a hen, this was, well, actually 17 hens this, this morning, and, we were. I was mimicking them, and there was just some just some clucking and some purring, and then they they would cut a little bit, and I'd cut back at them, and we and so they started coming, and it ended up being 17 hens, and two longbears were behind them, and when the longbears got in range, my hunter that I that was, was with me killed the, one of the longbears. and you just gotta. But if you if you hammer on on these on these end up birds out here, they tuck and run. I mean they 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 don't want to be they don't want to be hammered on. They, you know, you just got to finesse them in, and that's what we've been doing. We've been taking that yellow heart crystal, and then just clucking and purring and doing some little soft yups on it. And in the, in, the, in, in, in the afternoons, we've we caught it. Actually, caught in some some birds by themselves, nice colored by themselves, just just doing some soft calling on that crystal dog. And but we, like it seems like if you just if you just get get down and hammer on them, they they go the other way. They don't they don't like it.
0: Oh yeah, I I totally see that, and uh, you know that's definitely an issue that you know some people have. You know some people call too aggressively. It seems like y'all are doing it right. I mean y'all been putting down a ton of birds this last week and a half. But uh, once again, Joe, I appreciate you actually calling in from the field out there right now, and appreciate you making a little time for us this evening. And uh, man, I hope you uh, you know hope rest of your hunters can get y'all's birds and uh, you have a safe trip back to Alabama. No problem, man. If anybody
4: wants to see what we've killed, just go to uh, my Facebook page. And on Hunter's Addiction Custom Calls, and we're posting everything on there. And thanks to all the birds that are getting killed. And uh, I, I appreciate
0: everybody, and I'll be safe. All right, guys, And next on the line, I have Shane Simpson. And today he's going to be covering the state of Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Now, Shane, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, guys. I'm doing excellent, man. And again, I appreciate you coming on making a little time for us today. But uh, let's get right into this interview, man. Now, let us know, like, so what part of the country are you actually from? Um, I live
4: in Minnesota.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, you know, I will say you're a first interview from the Midwest, and we're going to have many to come. But So hopefully we'll hit off on a right note, and I'm sure we will. But, you know, kind of going into your season a little bit, how's your season been so far and how's it progressed? And also on a, on another note, and it's a two-part question, but, you know, what preseason scouting have you been able to do uh, to really help you set yourself apart for when opening day comes? Um, okay, well,
4: I'll, I'll tackle the first one, and then I'll get into the second one. Um, the first one, I'll- the season's been going really well. Um, I'm always worried when I come off of the past season, like last season was phenomenal, that you always worry, is it going to be like that again? And I was worried about that. But it's actually going pretty good, other than a little mishap or miss I had in Alabama. Uh, we killed a couple birds in, in Florida, um, one in Alabama, uh, missed one in Alabama, and we got a few in in Nebraska and one in Wisconsin so far for a Learn to Hunt program. So it's been going really well. Um, to answer your second question as far as preseason scouting, to be honest, I don't get to do a whole lot of that other than looking at satellite images because most of my hunting is, you know, other than my core area here, uh, tracks of property I've hunted in the past, I usually look at satellite images drive through the night and I show up there the next morning. So I don't get a whole lot of time to scout. Now in Florida we had an opportunity to scout the day prior, look around the area and roost, uh, try to roost birds, locate birds the next morning, uh, that sort of thing. But as far as getting my feet on the ground, that doesn't happen a whole lot these days for me. I wish I wish I had more time for it.
0: Yeah, and I understand that, especially you know if you hunt out of state a lot, and you know I have you know a fair amount of history hunting out of state. It's hard to be able to go out there and scout previously before season. Uh, yeah. And really be able to get a lot of information and go. A lot of it's just word of mouth and, like you said, aerial photos and just you know scouting on aerial photos and really know what to look for. But you know, another part of this question, you know, with the states you've hunted so far, which you know we're talking about Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. You know, what's some of the activity you've seen uh, so far this season and how the birds are reacting? Okay, um, I will start with
4: Nebraska. Nebraska, I typically hunt it. Uh, late March, um, and I sometimes either hunt a reservation, which allows for gun hunting, or I hunt the state with archery equipment. Um, The gun season for the state of Nebraska doesn't come in until early April, or I think it's about to come in. Um, Typically what I see in Nebraska this time of year is flocks of birds and a little bit of separation. you got some time starting to wander, and some of the birds are starting to break up. This year it seems to be a little behind, but not tremendously. Even though we've had a pretty cold winter or long winter, it's extended into spring. Uh, the birds are still grouped up pretty tight, and by the, we hunted it last week. By the end of the week, we started seeing a little breakage of the flocks. Tom's starting to roam and look for hens, that sort of thing. But early in the week, uh, we had a cold front come through some uh, snow, some high winds. Finding the birds was the big issue. Uh, when you found them, you found a big flock, and you couldn't – it was hard to find them just riding around like you do in Nebraska in late spring, where you can just ride and see them everywhere. So they're, they're really tight, tightly bunched right now, but they're starting to break up uh, maybe a week or two behind schedule, I guess it would be the case. Wisconsin, I hunted it this past weekend with a, a part of their Learn to Hunt program. I uh, think they, they'll have a youth, youth hunt coming up, and then our regular season starts in about another week or so. The birds, they're acting really good. I mean, even with snow on the ground and these cold temperatures, they were gobbling good in the morning. They were responding well to the call. Uh, we had 22 participants in this learn-to-hunt, so we were getting reports from all of them, and all of them were kind of seeing the same thing. Uh, there were a few reports of gobblers that were gobbled, but they didn't respond well to the calls or kind of commit to the calling you know, or the decoys, they were, um, what I would say is that late winter phase, early spring, when they're just starting to transition, so there's still a few areas where birds were acting like that, but for the most part, they're starting to really come around, uh, someone actually said they saw a gobbler breed a hen uh, on a snowbank, <laughs> so there you go, uh, Minnesota is going to be very much the same, the regions aren't that different. I've seen gobblers strutting out in the fields and and, and it looks like the flocks are are doing their spring thing right now. Gobblers with hands. Um, Jake's running around. So even with despite the cold temperatures and snow on the ground still up here for April, uh, the birds are
0: acting like spring turkeys. All right, well, perfect. Now, you know, with you being up in the Midwest like that, you know, y'all are going to have a little colder temperatures. Do you think at all that, that colder weather has affected the birds with like this later spring that we're having, or is that something that really doesn't really, uh, is a huge factor up there? I've, I've seen it happen in the past, like in
4: South Carolina, when, when you get really extreme stuff. I mean, this was, um, back a few years back, there was twenties on opening day, South Carolina's turkey season. And that seemed to shut things down. But when it just gets a little colder than normal, it doesn't seem to affect them that much. I was in Alabama; they had cold temperatures. It was in the thirties in the morning, but we were here. Birds gobble. I actually called one in. Um, a couple of other guys that were in town with me, or that you know, friends of mine, they were hearing birds. Multiple birds gobbled. So I mean, they were acting right. You know, the way you wanted them to act. They, they gobbled and they responded to the calling. I think it's just, as long as you don't get any extreme cold. That's really uh, you know record lows and as long as the, the weather is good you know not a lot of uh, rain you know those days of two or three days straight of rain that can really turn off the, the activity but if you catch that that first sunny day right after a period of rain then they're on fire so i don't i don't think it really affects them a great deal unless you get some really uh, weird cold weather record lows
0: or something like that okay well perfect now you know kind of you know, wrap this up. You know, what is a tip that you would leave with our listeners that is something that maybe you do year in year out that really helps you be effective in the woods, and you know, has had you uh, or helped you with being successful? Uh, what's something that you would leave with these listeners to really, um, you know, help them maybe try something new or maybe try something that they've already been doing that you know that is really going to help them be successful for this season? Well, I'll tell you
4: what I told someone just recently, and I've given many tips you know what i have thought over the years you know improve your calling and will help obviously but i think what helps uh, like myself and, and other guys when we travel and, and we're successful on the road it's not that we're you know the greatest woodsman the greatest callers it's we spend time in the woods we hunt from dawn to dusk so if if you want to increase your odds don't go out there in the morning and hunt an hour or two and then go break for lunch and then get back out there to a nap and pack your snacks. Stay all day. Stay out there with the birds. And uh, I think that's, that's the biggest thing you can do out there is just spend more time. If you have the day off and you don't have to you know, do any activities with the kids or, or work or whatever you might have in your life, if you can spend the entire day down the dust, your chances go way up.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I truly believe that. I mean, you can't kill them on the couch, like, you know, the saying says. You can't kill them at the house. And turkey season is only so long, and especially if you're doing a traveling hunt. I mean, you got to, you know, clock in as much time in the woods as you can. So definitely agree with that. Exactly. But once again, Shane, I really do, man, I appreciate you coming on and making some time for us this evening. And I hope you have a great rest of your season. And I hope, you know, you do great this spring, and we'll keep in touch, okay? Yeah, all right, sounds good. I appreciate you having me on also. Take care, and good
4: luck to you this spring as well.
0: All right, guys, and next on the line, I have Warren Womack from Louisiana. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you making a little time for us today, and you know, coming on and uh, just being able to relate with all of those other uh, hunters out there. But, uh, you know, kind of give us a little background of the region of Louisiana you actually live in and also what region you hunt in along with southern Mississippi. Yeah, I live in a little
5: uh, small town called, well, just. Southeast of a small town called Clinton, Louisiana. It's about halfway between Baton Rouge and the Mississippi state line. Uh, been
0: living up here since I retired about 13 years ago. Okay, and also, you know, what are some of the regions you actually hunt in? Uh, whether it's in Louisiana or uh, also Mississippi. Well, in Louisiana, I'm hunting
5: mostly uh, private places. I, I'm not in a club or lease anything. I just. Have permission to hunt several, I will say several, three or four different private places, small places, and uh, I, I'm part of Mississippi. I hunt is a national forest in the southwest corner of uh, Mississippi. right across the state
0: line, not too far. Okay, perfect. Now, kind of give us maybe a little recap of you know how's your season been so far, and you know some of the activity you've been seeing or hearing. Well, it's been real
5: disappointing. Uh, they haven't had much activity at all. Our Louisiana season started almost three weeks later than it normally does. They, they went from the, usually the 22nd or 23rd of March to open it this year, April the 7th, which was this past Saturday. And uh, so I hadn't got to hunt, but about uh, two days. I, I missed the first day of raining, and, uh, and in I hunted uh, yesterday, actually the fourth day of the season today. And I hunted yesterday and today heard uh, one bird, one bird gobbled about four times on the roost this morning. That was it. And then uh, the uh, yesterday, I didn't hear a bird at all. Didn't see anything. It was, it was a waste of day. Up in Mississippi, it started at normal time, but but the birds wasn't gobbling. And the ones I could find that gobbled, they only gobbled once, maybe twice, and they were all real distant. So uh, it's it's been real difficult this year. I've, I've hunted not quite as much as I normally hunt. Due to weather conditions it's Got a lot of rain and, and nasty weather And everything But uh It's slow Real real slow So far
0: Okay now You know That's kind of A little recap Of you all season So far And How many times Have you actually Been able to hunt Up in Mississippi I've
5: made uh seven, seven days In Mississippi And out of those Seven days I've uh Had uh Uh Let's see Six morning hunts And uh one evening hunt, and I only heard birds gobbling on uh, on three of the mornings out of those seven mornings. And like I say, they
0: only gobble once or twice. Oh yeah, that's that's always rough when you know if they're not playing fair and they're not being vocal. It's always rough, you know, in the turkey woods. But you know, have you uh, noticed or thought of you know is the temperature, or bromic pressure, or anything like that? You think that's affecting the birds at all, or is that kind of something that's insignificant right now?
5: Yeah, you, you know, I, I, I'm. I don't know. The jury's kind of out on that with me. I've, I've had some real cold mornings. I've done good. I've, I've, you know Different weather conditions, I've done good before, and then other times I don't. I, I don't really know what the uh, deciding factor would be on that for sure. It's just sometimes they do and sometimes they don't you know, on good or bad weather days. But my favorite day is pretty much like everybody else. You know, Just a
0: real real clear, crisp morning with no wind. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's hard to beat a day like that. I mean, yesterday you wake up, you wake up in the morning, you know, a couple of hours before daylight, and you go outside, and you can see the stars in the sky, no breeze. You're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a great morning. They're gonna be fired up. Now, yeah, it is, yes. and then I've seen it like that too. And then
5: when the daylight comes over, it's overcast, and the wind picks up about eight o'clock or something like that, and, and it goes sour. But uh, that's springtime. You got some violent weather comes with springtime, and uh.
0: You get a few days every once in a while. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I mean, we've had some crazy weather, like you said in the South. You know, we've had, you know, snow push through, you know, Kentucky and, you know, northern Tennessee and that area. You know, we've had cold fronts push through. We've had crazy storms. I mean, it's been an absolutely hectic spring so far. But, you know, to kind of wrap up this report, you know, what is a tip? that you know you'd leave for the listeners that you know something you've done year in year out that you know helps you be successful that maybe they can implement and you know help them out their season I
5: think what helped me most was slowing down uh, for years I was running and gunning and I, I don't think I was giving turkey's time enough to get to them. I would I would hit a place and uh and, and you know this is going in the blind without hearing a turkey gobble anything and I would I was call and stay there maybe 15 minutes and I was off to the races going to the next place and just running all over the place. Once I started slowing down and, and uh, setting up for each time I called and make sure I stayed there for at least an hour I started doing a lot better and that all comes with I think patience. Being persistent uh, would just where you set up at and having patience to stay there and give them a chance to get to you. These birds my opinion
0: that they don't have any timetable they don't have any appointments to make and they just take their time and sometimes they can be really slow coming in. Yeah and I 100% agree with you. I mean that happened to, uh, me and Andrew while we were hunting in Alabama on some public land a couple weeks ago where we were in a location that we had heard some birds off the roost in this location and We got in there a couple hours later after setting up a couple different times and wasn't having any luck. We get down to where we thought they were roosted along this pond and you Know what we sit there for a little bit and we're like, you know what, you know, let's throw out a couple gobbles. It was a real quiet morning, the birds, you know, were kind of lazily gobbling, just gobbling a couple times and then shutting up. And uh, we got my lynch box call and uh, gobbled a couple times on it, nothing happened. And you know, we decided to start working back down this creek along this pond. And We get a couple hundred yards from there, and all of a sudden we hear a bird gobble up on top of the ridge, right above from where we were. And then all of a sudden, you can hear him going down the hill and he's gobbling while he's going down the hill. Gets down and pretty much is roughly standing almost almost in the exact same spot we were gobbling from, and he was gobbling his head off, double gobbling. And if we would have just sat there for fifteen twenty minutes, we would have had that bird in our lap. Um, so it just shows that definitely call with a purpose, and also like you said, have persistence and patience, and uh, I think you'll kill a lot more birds.
5: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had I've had I left a place and down in a bottom or something other, and then. Turkey be gobbling up on the ridge, going from one end to the other, and I'd leave and get up on the ridge. And the next thing I know he's gobbling down there where I just left. <laughs> so, so if you can just have a little patience and give him a chance to get there, you can do a lot
0: better. And I 100 percent agree with you. But again, Warren, I appreciate you coming on and making a little time for us this evening, and uh, you know, sharing us your knowledge and also about you know how your season's been going so far. And I hope your season picks up you know later on, and you know you had some success. And we'll definitely stay in touch. And I hope you have a great evening. I appreciate it. I wish I had some real good reports to make, but uh, sometimes it's like that. And just kind of struggling right now. Hopefully it get better. All right, guys. And next on the line, I have Andrew Pardon from Alabama. How you doing, Andrew? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Now, today, guys, Andrew's going to be covering the state of Alabama and Georgia. Now, with that being said, uh, Andrew, you know, what part of the state of Alabama, what region are you from? And then also, uh, what regions in both states do you hunt in?
6: Um, I'm from Birmingham. Here recently I've been hunting uh, around Tuscaloosa and this past weekend did a little hunting and uh, around Lake Martin, uh, east of Birmingham, and in a little bit in north Georgia, the north uh, west corner of Georgia.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, you know, kind of give us a little uh, recap of your season. How's your season been so far in Alabama and in Georgia?
6: <laughs> Man, it, it's been good. Uh, the turkeys have been tough, but but it's been good. We're killed them late in the day most every turkey but one i've killed this year has been in the afternoon they've been for some reason a lot more vocal this this year in the afternoon and in the mornings um at, that's in alabama now georgia i only got to hunt it one day but they were extremely vocal they we hunted from daylight to four o'clock and we're listening to goblin turkeys constantly i mean the entire time they were very vocal
0: Okay, perfect. Now, you know, uh, has Alabama been somewhat similar lately the last week or two that you've been there, or is it kind of hit or miss still?
6: It's died down, uh, the places I've hunted. Uh, now, I do have some friends in some areas that, that they're on a lot of hot birds, but the places I've hunted, it is tied down. The past two hunts in Alabama uh, that I hunted basically all day, I heard one turkey each time on the limb and you know, a few times, shut up before you got to them. That's it. I mean, just, they haven't been vocal at all in any of the areas I've been hunting. They've been very quiet and
0: really tough. Well, you're not the only one saying that. Uh, so that's kind of a, kind of something interesting that uh, one of our other reporters had just uh, reported on. But uh, you know, also, you know, have you think the uh, weather at all has been affecting the birds lately uh, within these different storm fronts and uh, you know, cold air and warm air pushing through?
6: Man, I think it has. Uh, just hasn't been consistent at all this spring you know it's finally warm for the first time in a long stretch for the you know a good bit of the spring but like this past weekend uh in Georgia it was right around 30 I mean it was freezing especially up on top of the top of the mountain Um, and I thought that cold weather might have them uh shut up a little bit because it was so cold but they were fired up it's been cold in the mornings and warming up and uh they, they were hot over there. Now here, they they haven't been. It's just it's just been such a sporadic spring as far as weather-wise that they've kind of shut up here lately.
0: Okay, well, you know, to kind of maybe just wrap up this report, you know, what's something that you would leave for our listeners that's a piece of advice that, you know, something you do year in, year out that's really helped you be successful that maybe they can implement throughout their season to really help them out?
6: Uh, man, I would say change things up and I'm a firm believer that, you know, don't don't fix something that's not not broken, but change change it up. I mean if you're if you're running a gun and all day using the same call or same tactics and you're not hearing anything, change it up. I, I hunted a turkey a couple weeks ago that I'd been hunting and hunting and hunting, couldn't kill him and he kinda got quiet and the first time I changed calls, changed from mouth call, uh The friction call is just all he wanted was some kind of change. He was so used to hearing the same thing over and over, he just needed some kind of change. Just don't don't be afraid to change it up and try something
0: new. All right, I think that's a good topic and a good idea. I mean, for sure, you know, like you said, you know, changing up, you know, you might have a little better luck. Especially, you know, you know, if you're especially hunting a piece of ground that maybe you just hunt or you know you kind of know who's on there and you kind of know what everyone is using, maybe change it up a little bit and see if you have a little better action. But uh, once again, oh, yeah. Andrew, man, I appreciate you coming on and making a little time for us today and, again, uh, helping report from Alabama and Georgia. And I hope you have a great rest of your season, man, and I hope you have a great evening. You too, man. Good luck to you. All right, guys, and next on the line, I have my buddy Joey Bell coming in from Tennessee. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, Jacob. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing excellent, man. I appreciate you uh, making a little time right now. I know you're trying to put a bird to bed as we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... – it's, uh, I'm trying to Ken of the Bush here, Davy Crockett style, down here in Chattanooga. Okay, awesome, man. Well, again, I appreciate you uh, <laughs> jumping on real quick before you uh, roost a bird and hopefully kill one in the morning. But, uh, anyways, back to the, the report and the interview. Uh, you know, give us uh, our listeners a little bit of background of what region of Tennessee you actually live in, and then also what region you hunt in when it comes to Tennessee.
7: Yeah, I live around Nashville uh, in the Antioch Cane region, and uh, I've been doing all my hunting down in uh, Hickman County which is about an hour, yeah, a little over an hour southwest of Nashville. i got a family farm down there I've been hunting on.
0: All right, perfect. Now, you know, how give us a little recap, real quick recap of your season so far and how's your season been?
7: Man, opening weekend was really good. Uh, We had pretty good weather. It was kind of clear. Uh, Opening day, I was able to get one at probably about 4 o'clock or 4.30. He was alone by himself, cruising with some hens. he, uh, He covered about... I don't know, probably 300 yards to come to me, you know, through the, through a holler behind me, and he come around to my left, and he finally saw my decoys, and used on in there, and tried to whoop my Jake decoy, but I talked him out of it, and uh, I was able to walk out with him, and then uh, the next day, Sunday afternoon, the 1st, I, um, it was kind of a similar, similar situation, but this was about 1230 in the afternoon, uh, heard some birds that, I thought we were pretty far away, but I think the woods were pretty thick, so they were closer than we thought. And two of them came in, and same thing. I had a, a jake and a lay-down hen out, and they started circling my, my lay-down hen, and they were both similar in size, so I just picked one out topped him and uh, had, him, had him on my back. So it's been a good season. Uh, last weekend, or this past weekend, was, was a little rough uh, Saturday. I hunted Saturday, and it was more like deer season. Uh, I was telling I was telling somebody the other day that I've gotten a bunch of first light stuff for deer season this uh, this this coming season, and I've been trying it out all turkey season because the weather's been crazy. But uh, had one hang up on me on uh, this past Saturday. Got a couple of hens with him, and uh, I couldn't talk him into it. He just hung up about a hundred yards. But other than that, we not so good weather coming up, so it ought to ought to be really good around here coming up in the next few days.
0: All right, perfect. Now, I guess some of the activity, have you been hearing the birds being vocal at all or are they being kind of hit or miss right now? Well, they've been gobbling on the roost.
7: Uh, the opening weekend, they gobbled a lot on the roost. Uh, I didn't hear anything this past weekend at all, hardly. But opening weekend in the middle of the day, I think I heard as much or more gobbling in the middle of the day when they got by themselves than I did in the mornings. And like I said, this past weekend with the weather being so you know so cold and windy and nasty, uh, I didn't hear a peep. The one that I did have come in that hung up on me, he gobbled a little bit when he got into the field, but he never made a peep going in or out, and that was about it. And uh, I'm hearing a couple gobbles now, and it's it gets, getting closer to dark, so it should pick up good in the morning, too.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, uh, you know, so you definitely think that there's a correlation with the birds being vocal and the uh, weather fronts that are pushing through? Yeah, I think so.
7: You know, it's, it's been pretty all day today. And uh, there's not a cloud in the sky down here in uh, Chattanooga, where I'm at right now. And uh, they just started gobbling a little bit ago. But uh, it should be clear and real pretty in the morning. So I'm, expect- I'm expecting good things in the morning,
0: too. All right, well, perfect. Well, I, uh, we'll let you go. But before we do, uh, what's a piece of advice that you would give for our listeners to help you or help them be successful that maybe you've done year in, year out, that's really helped you be successful? And again, something that they can try out for this season
7: um the one thing i would say was hunting the afternoons uh whenever you can uh like i said for opening weekend those those gobblers were by themselves and they were really vocal and they were looking for company and so they're a lot of i don't know if they're easier to handle but i think they come in a lot better to the call in the afternoons than they would when they have a bunch of hands with them in the morning so if i was to
0: give a tip to anybody be hunting the afternoon whenever you can all right. Well, perfect, Joey. Well, again, man, I appreciate you coming on and I hope you can uh, roost a couple different birds tonight and have a pretty good uh, layout for the morning. I hope you can uh, put one of them down and send me a couple photos and we'll post them up for everybody. But uh, once again, man, I appreciate you coming on and I hope you have a, a great hunt for tomorrow. Absolutely, Jacob. I really appreciate it. Good luck to everybody else out there. All right, guys. And next on the phone, I have my buddy, Tyler Ross. Hey, Tyler, how you doing? Doing all right. How you doing? Doing good, man. Now, again, guys, Tyler's going to be coming in from North Carolina, and with that being said, Tyler, uh, let our listeners know a little bit about the region of the state that you actually live in, and also the region of the state that you hunt in. So, I live in the mountains of Western North Carolina. I live in a little area, um
8: west of A's, about 20 minutes, called uh, Lister, um, and I hunt all over Buncombe, Madison, Henderson, Pennsylvania counties, and uh, I've also hunted out Jackson, but I'm primarily on the, time I really
0: know, the Pisgah National Forest and, uh, surrounding state game lands and a couple, of uh, private land spots up here in the mountains. Okay, perfect, man. Yeah, gotta love, uh, gotta love some old, uh, mountain public lands. It's always a fun time to go hunt someplace like that, but, you know, get a little get back on topic. And, uh, you know, how's your season been so far as in preseason? Uh, I know y'all season will be opening this weekend and I'll be up there joining, uh, uh, some of y'all hunters uh, in North Carolina—we're trying to get some birds down on opening weekend. But you know, what have you been doing for preseason scouting, and how's that been looking for you so far? So yeah, uh, a lot of the preseason
8: scouting comes back to what the type of properties are that we're hunting. So on private land, um, it's pretty—it's pretty much just been like watching the fields and seeing how uh, how the birds are moving that and activity and whatnot. on um, public lands, you got to get out there because you got to find those edges a little bit uh, more up here in Pisgah and Nantahala. And it's just been a Trying to find the siren, trying to find the scratching on the Pisgah and Manahala National Forest. But uh, on the state, state game lands and the private lands, it's generally been just uh, going and doing some glassing and listing um, a lot. Because they've actually, we've had birds talking and gobbling probably since second weekend of March.
0: Okay, and that kind of goes a little bit into the uh, next topic. Was you know what's some of the activity you've been seeing while scouting? I mean, are you seeing or hearing uh, any birds? Are you seeing like what sign are you seeing, and like how's that been going for you? So it's actually been pretty crazy
8: because uh, the weather up here has been, you know, it's it's been one of the coldest winters that I recall with uh, a, a decent amount of snow, but not like you know when it was when I was younger. But it's been fairly cold, and then uh, we had a warm snap. Uh, middle of the end of March, and then it went back cold, and then like this week, two days ago it was 34 degrees, and today it's 70. So um, it's been pretty sporadic on the weather side, so which we're kind of used to those crazy springs here. Um, but we have seen in the past five days on my scouting, I have seen pretty much all of it. I've still seen bachelor groups of toms. Um, usually this time of year we'll see bachelor groups of jakes. But we've seen a groups of tom still um, go down, and I guess they're still establishing a pecking order. Uh, two days ago, the place we the hunt Saturday morning at a buddy of mine's house, we watched four tons just absolutely brawl um, that evening. And then last night, his wife was telling me uh, earlier that it was the same thing again. They just got back out there fighting. Um, and then we've seen other, you know, on the same private land side, we've seen uh, a couple hens, lone hens out walking around. And some lone toms out walking around. Um, but we've also seen a few hinned up, like maybe two I've seen probably two two hands per tom in some of these uh, these bigger groups. Um, but the other day it was the middle of the day from I was out on four with a guy and I think it was twelve thirty till about two fifteen. Two turkeys gobbled at each other the entire time. I stopped counting at a hundred gobbles. So it was uh you know they're are all sorts of fired up still right now. I think Saturday's will be awesome. And last Saturday was uh, the youth season, and you know it voted pretty well. It's pretty good stuff. So there's a lot of birds got dropped. A lot of a lot of kids that were successful. Really awesome. see. so uh, hopefully that's gonna translate through um,
0: this weekend is what we're hoping for anyway. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean I'm gonna be driving down. I'm leaving Syracuse uh, tomorrow morning. Um, actually the when this episode drops, I'll be driving down to North Carolina from New York, and I'm gonna be down there for this uh, opening weekend. I'm gonna be hunting uh, with a good buddy of ours, uh, Greg Broadway, and uh, we're gonna be hunting. I'm gonna be hunting with him for a couple of days. Hopefully, be able to get a bird, and uh, then from there, I'm driving down to South Carolina uh, for work for a week or two and uh but yeah hopefully man we can get some birds on the ground you know you me greg that's all the guys in north carolina let's put some birds down that'd be awesome but uh man, I'm hoping. yeah now i hear that now you know kind of wrap up the this report um uh, you know what's something as a technique or maybe a tactic or something that you do year in year out that's really helped you become successful uh that you know maybe you could relate with our listeners and something they can maybe try out uh, this season to help them out
8: Two things that I, I really am a firm believer in, um, is, uh, I really, 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 really think that scratching and, um, dusting, being able to, to pull off those sounds, like mimicking signs of them and everything on the landscape, um, is a lot more, a lot more, uh, successful. It increases your odds greater than, like, how great of a yelper you are, or if you can do a, a pretty good run or a tackle. Um... That's the first thing I encourage folks to tell. If you've got one's intention, you, know, you know, maybe do a little bit of scratch. And the other thing I would say is it's the easiest call in the world to do with a diaphragm is to cluck. And then I throw a diaphragm call in, and I just cluck. Um, just like when birds come up on me or, you know, I'll be deer hunting and they'll come through. Or, you know, I'll, out in the field, I'll come across some birds if there's more than one hit you know, generally speaking, I've always witnessed that at least one of them clucking. So I always try and just mimic what, what naturally happens, um, not, you know, not what you see on some of this outdoor
0: television. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good, you know, good idea. I know we talked about that on our episode with you uh, this past Monday, that, you know, that is the tactic that you use is mostly clucking and scratching the leaves and, lasing sounding more instead of like an energetic bird just more like a you know a bird that's feeding uh hen feeding and um, you know i think that's a really good topic or really good idea especially for someone hunting public land or you know just doing something different on some private ground that maybe you've been uh you know kind of hardcore running gunning for a long time and maybe you want to try something different that'd be a a good topic but once again uh tyler i appreciate you coming on man and making some time for this this evening and i wish you the best luck this opening weekend and i hope we can uh put some birds down and maybe uh Swap some photos of some uh, birds sitting in the ground, man. Absolutely, man. You too, brother. All right, guys. And next on the line, I have Justin Zarr from Illinois and bowhunting.com. Now, Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I really appreciate you coming on today and making a little time for us this evening. But uh, let's go and kind of jump right into this interview and this report. Now, I know you're hunting. You're from Illinois. And kind of give us maybe a little bit of a region of Illinois, where you live in and where you hunt in Illinois sure uh
9: i live in northeastern illinois so the outskirts of the chicago suburbs technically McHenry county uh, for anybody that may be familiar with that Uh, unfortunately i don't have a a lot of birds in my area where i hunt here so i don't hunt much at home Uh, i do most of my turkey hunting in northwestern illinois uh, so out near the iowa near the mississippi river there's quite a few more birds out there Uh, so i do most of my turkey hunting out there uh, but then uh, this is my second year now taking a trip down to Kansas during the early season to take advantage of that early archery season that
0: they have. And perfect. And another another thing, guys, that, you know, Justin is going to be reporting uh, actually about from their Kansas hunt that he just got back on, along with just a little bit of kind of what's going on in Illinois right now. Sure. But let's jump right into that Kansas hunt, you know. So what region of Kansas were you actually hunting in, and kind of, you know, what was some of the activity that you were seeing while you were there?
9: Sure. We hunted uh, northeast part of Kansas, so actually not too far south of the Nebraska line. Um, is where we were at. We hunted, uh, all public, uh, walk-in hunt areas out there. And, uh, you know, the action seemed to be spotty. Uh, it seems like the birds were really still flocked up. Um, when you did see birds, they were in pretty big groups, um, kind of spread out from one another. So, uh, fortunately for us, we got lucky. And one of the, the pieces that we were hunting had a pretty good group of birds on it. We were able to capitalize and be successful.
0: And yeah, guys, another thing that's kind of cool about Justin, if y'all aren't uh, associated or know anything about Justin and uh, Bowhunting.com and Bowhunter Die, uh, him and his group of guys hunt only with bows and it's really cool a really cool topic and a really cool idea uh, so that's kind of what they specialize in guys so if you want some information about you know bow hunting especially for big white tails and also just bow hunting for turkeys they have great information on that but again back okay, to this thanks. well no problem well back to this uh review again in this report you know the activity you said you was kind of spotty in the area but i know y'all had some success you know how was y'all season so far in kansas i mean how did it turn out for y'all well, I mean, we only hunted for uh,
9: about a day and a half, not even a day and a half. It was kind of a last-minute trip. and uh, I was supposed to go uh, with one of the guys on our pro staff, Matt Miller, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. You know, last year we went down and we scouted a bunch of uh, public land for deer uh, prior to the turkey season opening, and what we did was we extended our, our whitetail scouting trip into turkey season. During our whitetail scouting, some of the properties we found, you know, we, we found some birds. And we hunted them and were able to be successful last year. So going down this year, our plan was to go to the same property we hunted last year because we had seen so many birds. We figured, like, there's got to be some birds in there. Uh, Matt couldn't make it, so Dustin DeCrew actually uh, went with me. He happened to be here in Illinois visiting relatives. I conned him into going down to Kansas with me for a couple days. And we went immediately to that same property that we hunted last year, Uh, and we didn't see any birds. We didn't hear any birds. It just, there didn't look like there was much action. Uh, so fortunately for us, Dustin's got some friends in the area that live there. He reached out to them and said, Hey, we're in town for a day and a half. You know, we want to get on some birds. And one of his buddies said, Hey, I was over at uh, one of these walk-in pieces the other day and I, you know, seen a pretty good amount of birds. So he directed us in a, in a, in a direction where to go. So we flew out there, um, before dark and got very lucky to to see some birds out in the field and actually roost them that night. Um, And as we all know, if you can roost birds the night before a hunt, it certainly seems to up your odds for success the next morning. So that was kind of
4: the story of how we got on those birds.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with that. You know, roosting birds is you know key to help you have success, at least early on in your hunt. Now, sure. to kind of talk a little bit more about that hunt, because I'm a little interested in what was y'all's actual hunting tactic for going over there when it came from you know finding the right properties uh, from last time you were there, what you were looking for, and then also what was your hunting tactic for you know trying to harvest one of these birds? Sure. Well, for
9: us, I mean, I gotta admit, I'm not the most experienced turkey hunter in the world. I, I've killed seven or eight of them now with a bow, so I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, but our tactic, you know, specifically what's worked the best for me is, is trying to locate birds um, the night before or even a couple of days before because they tend to be relatively habitual, um, you know, this time of the year. So we like to locate birds the night before. If we know where they're going to be roosting, we'll go in the night before because we're filming everything. We got all this camera gear and blinds and everything. We'll usually go in the night before after dark. We'll wait till it's fully dark. We'll go out there with no light and we'll actually pop the blind up. Um, Usually leave the decoys in the blind and get as much of our camera stuff set up as we can. Uh, We come back the next morning, uh, throw the decoys out, wait for the birds to pitch down into the fields, and, you know, we've been pretty lucky at getting close to these birds and getting um, the decoys to where they could be seen, you know, from the roost or after they fly into the fields, and in most cases, you know, a few yelps just to get their attention uh, to the decoys, and they're usually pretty hot right off the roost, and if we can capitalize on that situation, uh, usually it works out pretty well, and the birds usually work right into the decoys, Uh, and that's what happened that first morning. Uh, We had three jakes uh fly into our field saw the decoys they came flying in and uh with only a little bit more than one day to hunt and having driven almost 10 hours to get there I wasn't going to be picky about what type of bird I was going to shoot so uh I shot one of those jakes that, that came in that first morning and I had my tag punched probably within oh 30 or 45 minutes of that first
0: opening morning of the hunt and I don't blame you at all I mean if I drive that far or went on a hunt like that and only had a very limited time, I'd be very opportunistic. Uh, which I mean yeah. that's that's how I hunt anyways. I blame nobody for that. I mean, you're always going out there, you're looking for adventure first off, and you're looking to, you know, have fun. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely the way to do it. And that's kind of how my, uh, my, uh, hunt, I'm going down to North Carolina after I leave New York, uh, for a hunt down there the opening weekend. It, it's going to be very similar depending on the situation. I have a very limited amount of time. I'm going to be very opportunistic while I'm down there and, you know, hopefully I have a sure. pretty good hunt with a buddy. Um, but yeah, actually, man, it's all about just having fun and enjoying yourself, getting out, trying to break
9: up, you know, the year deer season's a few months away, trying to get out in the field and, and have some fun. So, um, Yeah, it was a great time, and, uh, you know, I shot a bird, and then Dustin ended up shooting one uh, a couple hours later um, out of the same spot.
0: Very nice. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, is really interesting about Midwest hunting. You know, you're hunting a little bit different from, uh, like, where I'm from. I'm actually from, again, uh, central Alabama. You know, you're hunting really thick you know pine forest hardwoods you know your visibility is very low and uh you know it just makes for a totally different hunt and you know hunting you know a lot of us guys in the south really do dream about hunting these big open agriculture fields or just you know going out there to kansas you know illinois iowa nebraska and you know chasing some miriams and rios and you know even some easterns out there uh in illinois and just you know getting that opportunity to hunt like that because i think that's a totally different aspect of you know hunting as we know of it down here and it's a really cool aspect to you know try out least a couple times in your lifetime sure yeah I mean for us it's all about what
9: I prefer you know visibility I want to get somewhere where I can see a long ways where I can see birds uh, and where birds can see our decoys you know uh, traditionally you know if we get in a spot where birds can see the decoys most times we're just using a jake uh, and a single hen we had a jake and two hens uh, on, on these particular hunts and it worked great so I shot my bird uh, first thing in the morning um, we heard a ton of gobbles kind of behind where we were at over this ridge um the jakes that i shot uh they never gobbled on the roost they never gobbled when they hit the ground they never gobbled when they're coming in they're very submissive um they actually kind of skirted all the way around us they didn't come right into the decoys they skirted around us we thought they were gone Um, You know, we were yelping a little bit to try to see if we could get them to come back and they snuck in from behind us we didn't even know that they were there they just kind of showed up and all of a sudden they were were in the decoys Um, but we had heard a bunch of gobbles so we moved the blind and the decoys and everything up the hill and uh, I want to say it was 2.30 or 3.30 that afternoon um, a hen came out in the field and we were calling to her and she kind of worked her way into our decoys and then uh, there was two toms behind her and they came in uh one of them was was strutting pretty good neither one of them either gobbled ever gobbled um and they made it to about 30 yards or so and kind of hung up they really didn't want to come in any closer one was strutting kind of back and forth so uh dustin decided to to shoot one of those two at 30 yards which is a little bit of a poke with a bow at a turkey um but he made a perfect shot and and put that that bird down in a hurry so we ended up with two birds his uh had a, his beard on his bird was almost 12 inches long. It was, it was pretty big. So it was, uh, all in all, it was a great hunt. The bird I shot was a Rio, uh, and the bird that Dustin shot was an Eastern because they've got both of them in that
0: area of Kansas that we were at. So pretty neat to shoot two different types of birds on the same hunt. Oh, yeah, I mean, that would make for a great hunt because you never know what you're going to get into. I mean, yep. it's just pretty much luck of the draw, what you're going to get into on a hunt like that, so that that's a really awesome experience. Now, kind of getting a little bit back to the interview, you know, why y'all were there. Uh, was weather a factor at all for that day and a half, or was it pretty, uh, you know, nice conditions for y'all? Um, well,
9: Kansas seems like it's always windy, <laughs> so we definitely dealt with some wind, and it was cold. You know, both mornings were down into the 20s. Um, the first day when we shot our birds was probably the the worst of the two days as far as weather goes it was overcast it was super windy it was cold um but it didn't seem to affect the birds at all we actually saw more birds that day than we did on the second day and the second day was a picture perfect morning that you dream of you know not a cloud in the sky a beautiful sunrise not much wind um calm cold you know we heard some gobbles in the distance but once those birds hit the ground they shut up right away so I don't think weather was really a factor the day that I thought the birds probably wouldn't be as active. They were actually more active. Uh, so go figure.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I can see that kind of, you know, it's very hit or miss and you know, you have experience with that. And I know where y'all live in the country, you know, it's, you know, much colder later into the spring normally than I guess it would be in the south. So I'm sure those birds are a little bit more used to it and they're fired up right now looking to breed. Now, yep. you know, kind of wrap up this report. You know, what is something that, uh, you know, a tip or technique or something that you've done in the past uh, that, you know, maybe it's helped you be successful uh, that, you know, maybe these listeners can try out for this season and really try to help sure. them out? The big
9: thing that's helped me, uh, to be honest with you, is trail cameras oddly enough trail cameras uh and running them in time-lapse mode for about a week before the season because where i hunt here in illinois is a couple hours from home so i'll go out the weekend before my season starts uh and i'll set up two or three trail cameras in areas that i believe there's birds working Uh, i'll put them in time-lapse mode uh my season starts on a saturday so i'll go out friday night after work i'll wait for dark try to roost some birds if i can Um, But once dark comes, I'll go out in the field and I'll pull all the cards out of those cameras and I'll go back through the last couple days of of time-lapse photos and try to see if there's any sort of pattern where birds are working a certain area of a field, maybe at a certain time, and that's where I'll set up uh, for the following morning. Uh, And it's done me actually really, really well, Uh, been able to, to harvest a couple birds that way.
0: Oh, very nice. I mean, I think that's actually a really cool idea and that's something that we haven't really heard yet. And yeah, that's a really good perspective of something that, you know, definitely us down here can try, especially if you're hunting an area that, you know, you do have either some agriculture or just larger fields that you could put that in time-lapse mode and really, you know, get a good idea of what's working in those areas. I mean, I think that's a great idea, Justin. It's definitely yeah, especially something. Especially for the guy that maybe, I mean,
9: you got a full-time job or you're hunting properties, you know, not somewhere where you can get to it every morning and, and scout. You know, I know some of the guys locally that, that I hunt with, they've got... Spots close to home, and they run out there before work, and they listen for where the birds are roosted and, and where they're gobbling and maybe glass some fields, but I don't have that luxury. Uh, my spot that I turkey on two hours from home, uh, so I let my trail cameras do the work for me when I'm not there, which I think trail cameras are traditionally something people think of for deer. You know, they don't use them for turkeys a whole lot, and they really can come in handy during the
0: spring. Oh yeah, and no, I totally agree with you And that's definitely an aspect that I think a lot of guys are able to try out And even myself, you know, depending on what properties I'll be hunting And, you know, have the opportunity to do Especially for next year too, maybe we'll try that out But once again, sure. Justin, uh, before we actually let you go I'll let you do a little plug for uh, Die And then also uh, Bowhunting.com And, you know, tell us a little bit about that Yeah, well, Bowhunting.com,
9: you know, we like to say Is the number one source of, of information for all things archery and bowhunting related So blogs, forums, how-tos, gear reviews uh, you name it anything and everything to do with bow hunting you can find over there at bowhunting.com and then bowhunter die is our our online show uh, we're just getting ready to start our ninth season uh, it's crazy where the where the time has gone but you can watch bowhunter die on youtube uh, you can watch it right on bowhunting.com uh, you can download the bowhunter die app uh, for either your iphone or your android device um, you can watch it on our roku channel just look for the bowhunting.com roku channel or you can watch it on Apple TV as well. We've got a bowhunting.com channel there. Um, so we're, like I said, we're just getting uh, ready to start Season 9. Uh, the first episode will air, I believe, next Friday. Uh, and then you'll be able to watch My Turkey Hunt and Dustin's Turkey Hunt. Both uh, are probably going to be on the se- second episode this year. New episodes come out uh, Friday mornings at 10
0: o'clock. Oh, yeah, for sure. And another thing, guys, if y'all haven't heard of bowhunter.com or Die, their online show is really top-notch, and it, it's really cool because of how soon after hunts happen they post these episodes up and how quickly their editing time is and turnaround time. Uh, so you really get to see what's going on up there in their neck of the woods. And, you know, if you're looking to do a Midwest hunt, it's kind of cool to see their aspect of how they do it, especially for deer hunting and how they go about scouting, how they go about hunting up there. And, you know, something, especially from a guy like me coming from the south, you know, have a good idea of, you know, what i might be getting myself into going up there maybe hunting some public lane or getting some access on some private lane up there but sure. but once again justin man i really appreciate you coming on tonight and uh you know helping us out on this strut report and we'll definitely stay in touch throughout the rest of the season and see how your illinois season happens okay yeah sounds great i got uh, two illinois tags and a, a late season wisconsin tag as well so i'll definitely keep you updated all right bro, i appreciate it brother well you have a great evening
6: thanks
9: you too
1: Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool, I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia, all right? Giving you a heads up here, so go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia, is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the... The, like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff so like I said don't miss it you can head on over to the mobile com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets so y'all go check it out at the mobile com.